Ah, Tony, Tony, Tony. Look who it is. I know we said last year was Pac's last chance, but rugby still ain't great again here in Australia. The Wallabies ain't won the World Cup, so we got a job to do. Let's go. We the PAC, this our POD. Good morning, ladies and Tonys. You're listening to the Pack Podcast, powered by the Big Athletic Club. My name is Sione, and if this is your first time joining us, we are a touring rugby club and reform me media platform for the players. We're the voice of the people, and we're here to make rugby great again, one meme at a time. Please welcome my co-host, everyone's favourite fear, Polly Barlangi, Mr. Ryan Furini. Hey, thank you, Tony. Hey, thank you. It's been a long time, mate. Oh, I can't really hear, mate, because your new song's pretty introductory. <laughs> Uh, yeah, welcome back. We're back. Yes, I know we uh, said we were uh, last chance, but this is the very last, last, last chance. This is the last chance, mate. <laughs> it's starting to sound like Fred again, again, again. Again, again. No, mate. But uh, promo code. We've had the PNG pigs going for a month since we've been gone. Now we've got a new promo code, but uh, we'll change it up. It's going to be a person's, a player's name. Uh, a tip for you if you can guess who he is. Born 14th of Jan 1993 in Queanbeyan, Canberra. Attended St. Eddie's. He's the most capped Aussie Sevens men's player of all time. And he has three super rugby caps for the Rebels. What's his name? Ed Jenkins. Ed Jenkins, close. Ed Jenkins is, I think, the second most capped. This is Chucky number one. Bennett. Close, but this promo code for this week until next week's episode is Lewis Holland. Oh, hi, Lewis Holland. So type in Lewis Holland for a sneaky discount. But, uh, Leone, as we did yeah. last year, let's break some ice. And this yeah, week's boy. icebreaker is if you were an Aussie celebrity, past or present, who would you be and why? Actually, I do have one, uh, Chris Lilly, I reckon. Um, I can do some good impersonations. Um, I find myself funny. Um, very, sometimes a bit borderline controversial. Um, definitely don't look as gay though. So um, respectfully, yeah. yeah, yeah, respectfully, of course. Um, but yeah, I reckon uh, Chris Lilly, mate. I reckon I would have a go there. Chris Lilly mixed with Shane Warne. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, Shane Warne actually. Mm. Um, I had for you. I had uh, Kyle Sandilands. Uh, if everyone knows from the <laughs> Carl and Jackie show, <laughs> looks you similar. Uh, you both used to be, you know, he was an underrated street kid back in the days, but now you're both big fat uh, racist podcasters. So allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, mate, mate, I weighed in myself uh, the other day and I was 130 kilos <laughs> of pure Aussie controversial beef. <laughs> Hey, hey, nothing wrong about the 130 Club, mate. I can't wait to get oh, back in that club. <laughs> oh, speaking about celebrities, I had one for you too. Um, oh, thank you, thank you. So I had a bit of a... Uh, it was cross between Ernie Dingo and Stan Thiday. Um Look, we know you um, have a weak spot um, for <laughs> um, our First Nations people. Yeah. Uh, and I know it didn't work out. And, and, you know, I don't think it worked out with Ernie Dingo on TV, but... <laughs> Um, you know, you do also do get mistaken a lot for Sammy Thiday. Um, you wish you played like also him. my ex-wife's um, uh, first name. So thank you for that. Reminder, mate. Yep. Oh, yep. And it reminds you of your ex-wife. Um, and you've got the same rig as him, um, but you weren't Thanks. because of what he is in. So, yeah. Um, you know, there we go. 
<laughs> Thanks for that. Um, yeah, for myself, I had, um, it's not really Australian, but uh, it's uh, from the, I don't know if people have been watching the Love on the Spectrum. Um, I, chose, <laughs> I chose myself to be David uh, this is season two, just because I got a bit of a crush on his miso, Abby. So uh, <laughs> if it doesn't work out, Abby was good, was good, <laughs> was good. Yeah. Oh, mate, sugar, that real strength sloppy dumpling, <laughs> mate. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> new year, and there's a lot to be thankful for um, about. Uh, what, what are you thankful this week, mate, or this last month? Um, I'm thankful at the moment um, for the microphone you dropped off to me today. Uh, my thank you, Tony, was for the Waratahs. Last year, they invited us. This year, once again, opened their doors. We went in, uh, shot a bit of uh, YouTube content with them, which will be dropping uh, throughout the Super Rugby season. But just thanks for opening the doors, opening their hearts. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was good to get down and uh, get another tour, another tour around Tars HQ. Mate, a word around the grounds is, mate, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, Mr. Ironside said you uh, were looking for the... You found the ladies' change rooms and you were sniffing the seats. <laughs> that's not a rumour. That's not a rumour. <laughs> cut that out. Yeah, I cut that out. Uh, any more thanks? Uh, I'd like to thank ourselves, mate. You know, Australian rugby still need fixing. It's not great again. And, you oh, know, we mate. can't quit yet. We can't quit yet. Until we can't quit yet. We've got, a, we've got that glimmer of hope. Yeah. The old, um, old Schmitty has... Um, <laughs> Rose to the occasion here. Um, Australian rugby seem, yes, allegedly seem to be doing the right thing here. Picking a guy with a CV that we need, right? Um, fucking poor Dave Rennie got ousted for that complete coward dog traitor. Yeah, Eddie, fucking, ah, uh, can he even say it? Jones, fuck off. He's, we don't want to talk about him anymore. I'm sorry. But yeah, I'm uh, reinvigorated with John Schmidt, mate. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Smitty. And uh, we're right behind you. But um, speaking of Eddie Bones Jones, who's your scrams? Who's your first scrams for 2024? Ah, <sighs> shit, man. I know you sent me this today, but I didn't even, not even try and think about something. <laughs> Just give me a second. I'll get started. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Uh, this is another one for thanks to my scrams family. Uh, Dad was uh, rushed to hospital last week and uh, spent a few days in hospital. Pretty sad. I don't know why Ryan's laughing. Um, but yeah, I got the uh, after work one day, I got the uh, message and mum let a, uh, left a note back at home, wrote down uh, where to go, you know, go to the shops, pick up some biscuits and uh, some of the some of the things that dad likes, the treats that he likes, and uh, wrote down where he is in the hospital because he's been moved from emergency to this particular unit. And uh, <laughs> the, the, the instructions go down the, the back end of Prince Charles Hospital. So Webster Road, I went down Webster Road and take that entrance and just go straight head. And uh, I drove through and I'm like, oh, this can't be right. And I looked down at the name of the unit that my mum put down, which was the Christine Fabulous unit. And uh, I went on Google, Christine Fabulous must be, you know, uh, someone that did some good things in the medical health uh, arena here in Queensland and uh, didn't come up on Google. I was like, oh, Christine Fabulous, nothing come up. So then I just keep driving through and then a big sign as I'm driving through is follow the instructions, webs the road, turn left, just follow it down. And uh, signs on both sides, cancer unit. And I'm like, oh, dad's got the old gonker. 
the old big C. It must be. I was a little bit distraught. I was like, what the frick's going on here, mate? And then uh, parked up, going into that cancer unit, uh, the reception there. I'm like, showed him the, the note that my mum wrote. And the lady's like, Christine Fabulous. No, we didn't have a unit here called the Christine Fabulous. And then there was an immigrant like myself working there that in the reception as well. Filipino, I believe. Uh, she came across. Hello, sir. <laughs> she came across and, you know, I think she, she knows how our, uh, our parents are with the uh, English. So then she had a bit of a chuckle as she read it and goes, does she mean the cystic fibrosis unit, which is next door to the cancer unit, right next door to the cancer unit? And, uh, yeah, when she said that, I was like, oh, my days. My mom's freshness came in and, uh, yeah. So the, my mom's English is still a scram. She's been here for, what, 30-odd years? And, uh, yeah, shout-out to Christine Fabulous Unit uh, at the cystic fibrosis. <laughs> uh, just grateful dad doesn't have cancer. He's just got the Christine oh, Fabulous. Oh, fuck. And shout-out to, to Lotte, too. We, uh, we like to uh, thank you, Rose for your for your direction yeah yeah shout out <laughs> um, anyways uh new year's resolution this is going to be the biggest scrams of all uh new year's resolution for 2024 mm -hmm. what's yours mate well it's the same as 2023's uh lose weight um <laughs> like i said weighing in at dollar 30 at the moment yeah um i've got my own fucking running vest on um and it is fat that uh, it is horrible it hurts when i try and clip my toenails um it's never fun you know you know you're fat when you're trying to put your socks on and you <laughs> <laughs> i'll be at the christine fabulous unit soon mate <laughs> Uh, yeah, mine's the same. Yeah, as was the last thirty odd years. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm prepared this year. I went online, bought some uh, some sunnies, running sunnies, running hat. Got some new hats here for athletic uh, leisure. Uh, got some new shoes. So no more slazengers, Asics gang gang. And uh, I got myself a running vest, which. Uh, it's not the cool ones that go across there. It like goes in the middle, so then my titties are <laughs> poking out the at the side. So it's not as good, but we'll make it happen. And uh, I'm actually gonna put myself the challenge. I'm gonna run at least half a marathon this year. So um, I don't know when it'll be. Uh, yeah, good hand up, mate. Um, yeah. So I'm just wondering. So you've had these for three weeks now. How many runs <laughs> have you done in this said new kit? Well, the vest only arrived two days ago, but I've done at least five runs this month. Really? Every, five runs this month? Yeah. And it's the 24th. <laughs> well. That's five more than me, mate, so well done. <laughs> I, did say, I did say I was waiting for my vest to arrive and then I'll be running every day. So uh, I'll start it tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Okay, mate. We'll check That's it next fine. week anyways. Well, it looked good today when I saw it. All right, let's quickly go around the grounds before, before we uh, kick over to the Aussie Sevens boys, who uh, JT and Hacho will be uh, joining us later in the episode. Uh, starting off with Jerry Tuwai, he's been axed from the Fijian Sevens team and been told by Coach Gollings to go back to the local comp and uh, prove himself. Uh, now, Jerry Tuwai has taken to Facebook and uh, pretty much called out Gollings saying, uh, this job's too big for you, bruv. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't need to prove myself. My uh, record speaks for itself. You, what's your, your thoughts on this? I'm a bit split on this one. Um, well, it depends. Is he, like, is he getting a bit long in the tooth and he's getting a bit old and he just should probably move on? Instead of saying, go prove yourself, just sort of say, mate, yeah. 
for the for, for your legacy, maybe it's time for you to go. Yep. Fuck off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, now I don't want to get shut down for this because I know I already got shut down because I didn't put him in my top five. But I think he's overrated, bro. I think he's <laughs> overrated. There's a reason why he wasn't in my top five. He's overrated and he hasn't been good for a while. Um, yeah, he hasn't. So, yeah. and the young, the young Fijians. Mate, uh, that, just, who's that young? There's a young fella. Oh, mate. Yeah. To, he's like a William Ryder type. Uh, Boos, 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 yeah. What's his name? Uh, Talia Leolawa or something. Oh, that's definitely wrong, but yeah, oh, something, wow, along those, <laughs> something along yes, those lines. So you've been colonized so bad, man. <laughs> you can't even pronounce Islander names anymore. You make me sick. Yeah. Okay, next on the list, we've got uh, Wallaby's coach, Joe Smith. Uh, he didn't come out, you know, like Eddie Jones and say, we're gonna, this is going to be a snatch and grab. He pretty much said he's setting Aussie up for a better future and uh, a better coaching system like Aussie Aussie bred um, coaches your thoughts on the hiring and do you think he's going to be successful or I think this is the last ditch effort if this doesn't happen we're fucked we're <laughs> fucked we're literally going to be with Portugal and we'll just beat anyone and we'll be happy you know what I mean no no I feel like you're defeated mate you, you gotta oh, mate Eddie really no, struck think, it down I mate. think he's Eddie really took it out of me man he put the wind out of my sails. I nearly quit pack because of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true story. We still haven't met him either, by the way. We were supposed to meet him last year. Remember that announcement on the pack rugby show? <laughs> we did it. We did it. Oh, man, that's so funny. You mean, whatever happened to the pack rugby show? Oh, yeah, sorry. Anyways, uh, yeah. Mate, I think even from the way he, um, he's been talking, he's a realist. He said it's a job to do, is a big job to do. And he's laughing to do at home. He just wants to help us out, mate. He wants us to be yeah. competitive against all blacks in uh, Bledisloe, which is what rugby needs. He'll bring some boys back and stuff too, but what I think we do need to look at is some, um, we need to get some uh, boys back from overseas. Yeah, yeah. We just need to open up Super Rugby just like the Frenchies and um, just make it a better product, you know what I mean? Hard of Sam, man. Hearty, bro. Um, okay. Well, actually, like you know what, like I know the premiership's usually a bit of a boring comp, yeah. but they've got some. They've they've sort of um, got a lot of guys over there at the moment. You know, like um, Bath's playing well. Um, fucking what's the other one? The uh, Bears. They've got um, Bristol, Vakatawa, and Ravovo. Yeah, and but a lot of the English stars, like Saris, like uh, Farrells. Faz just signed two years to go over to um, racing. So that makes him, he can't pay for England for two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 that, that's, um, yeah, just open it up. Yeah. Uh, make, make it great again. All right, close out uh, round of grounds with uh, sevens this weekend in Perth. Who are your top three finishers? What top three countries do you think in the men's and women's are going to get the gold, bronze, and silver? Um, gold, bronze, and silver. So I reckon the women's Aussie's going to win, New Zealand second, um, and with the men's, I reckon, I reckon, Fiji are going to have a good tournament, and I reckon Argentina second. 
Oh, Argy's, yeah. Argy's real good. Uh, yeah, in the women's, I've got the Aussies finishing first. I've got France going in at number two, and then the uh, Kiwis at third. Uh, men's, I think the I think Aussie boys are going to get it done. Uh, Lancaster back in. I think uh, it's a bit of an X factor we need. Uh, so Aussies first. Damn. Ireland second, and uh, Kiwis third. Surprise, surprise. Uh, MVP, uh, no surprise. I think we'll both go Maddie Levi, unless you're going to go someone different. Maddie Absolutely Levi. not. Maddie Levi and in the men's Hutcher. Uh, Hutchison, uh, he's our best friend. Uh, he's going to be on later in, in the show. So, yeah, uh, Hutchison. Um, is he first 20 back too? Yeah, since uh, doing his knee in Sydney last year. The big five, mate. They're back, baby. We're back. And uh, speaking of back, let's switch over to uh, Ironside and the gang, oh, myself, uh, with JT and Hacho. All right, well, we're joined here by two um, Aussie Sevens, um, one Aussie Seven superstar and JT, um, Henry Hutchison and uh, James Turner. Thank you. <laughs> uh, boys, we just got you just in time before you head off to Perth tomorrow. Um, well, maybe we'll start there quickly. What, what are we looking like? We, we're winning this one this time round or...? What's the political answer to that? Yes? 100% yes. Yeah, no, good, yeah. good answer. Back the boys. <laughs> we missed out on the Shockies last tour in Cape Town. We came second. And I think um, we got a, we got the superstar back, so we should be sweet. Yeah. Uh, how, how is the body? If you've had a, How long have you been out for? You have a pretty extended bit of rehab lately. It'll be 12 months um, yeah. to the day, basically, when I when Perth comes around. So I did my knee in Sydney last year, so same weekend. Uh, so it's been a long road. Um, <laughs> Jet hasn't made it any easier. He's just been bullying me for the last 12 months, saying I've been a wet blanket at training, but um, I'm back now, so ready, ready to rip in. He probably does that because he comes down at all and gets bullied, so he does yeah. it to the other people when he's at, yeah. He's deflecting. He's got a lot of his own insecurities he's got to deal with, the so North he, he puts really it on me. So I just hand it off to him. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so 12 months without me... Um, What's uh, how are you feeling about coming back on it? Or you just got confidence on it because you've been training on it and stuff like that? Yeah, I've been lucky in the sense that I was close to um, being ready for Dubai Cape Town, but the decision was to just to hold the handbrake and hold myself a little bit so I could bridge that gap over two months and just get a full two two months training with the team. Um, it's been tough. The body's definitely had to adapt, uh, but we're getting there. You're <laughs> feeling a little bit older, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> you get, we are getting old. It's the same same age again. You feel old now. Mm. Um, JT, for you, mate, you've had a you've had a bit of a blinder of a start to the season. Um, <laughs> what's going on? What's happened? What have you done differently? What's going had, on? I think I just had a shocker in Dubai, so I thought I had a maybe better in Cape Town. <laughs> He's no. been walking ten foot tall ever since Cape Town. He hasn't stopped telling us about how he made oh. Dream Team. Yeah, no. he, like, he, he keeps messing me. Like, thanks so much for doing a little pack snippet on me. <laughs> please, please, please get another get one out. up. Did you get out fifty? Yeah. 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 Thanks, <laughs> So, um, so different pathways, I guess, you guys to, to Aussie um, Sevens. Um, Hutch, it's pretty much like straight away in that system and um, haven't left it. Yep. And never will, I'm assuming. <laughs> Pigeonholed. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't do anything else. <laughs> Talk us through that. Like you've, you've, you've been there, you know, you've been through so many different... Um, I mean, sevens is obviously one of those sports, um, especially in Australia. It's, it's, it's you've got a good squad now. You've had for a long time, you know, guys coming in and out, but such a rotating roster of guys like in the sevens setup. Then they'll go play Super Rugby or you know something different. What's that? What, what's that whole experience been like? Coming, you know, coming out of school and going into that. Like, can you talk us through a bit of that? Yeah, I think sevens has had 
a different role every year inside the Rugby Australia ecosystem. For many years it was a stepping stone, then it was like a hybrid where we wanted to keep players and move some on and it's just been trying to find that identity and we have found identity with keeping a good core spine um, over the last two, three years. And you can see from that results have come. Um, it's really hard to build a successful team if you're always losing players. So now we have about, you know, eight or nine players. We've got, you know, four or five years under their belt who are regulars on the circuit. And um, we're getting that consistency in results. Not there just yet, but we're definitely better than what we were a couple of years ago. And I think this is one of the strongest teams we've fielded. Yeah, and you've got, uh, obviously, the most exciting thing must be an Olympics. Um, I don't think anyone grows up playing rugby <laughs> think they're going to go to an Olympics, <laughs> um, especially when we were growing up. So, um, yeah, like, talk, like so you've obviously been a one. So what, what are you looking for, you know, coming up to this one? Obviously, it must be, I can't imagine to think how much fun it is but also then having to switch on to the mindset of, oh, yeah. I'm actually here to play right yeah, yeah, now, get a gold medal. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely get caught up in the party sense. I guess, well, COVID was, um, the 2021 COVID Olympics was in Tokyo and that was a bit of a non-event. There was there was definitely no party, but it, in Rio it was um, it was very colourful and very vibrant. <laughs> I think we had 12 days there after our event and uh, I was ready to pack my bag so the time that 12th day came along. But um, look, both the Olympics that I've been to we've underperformed um, and I think in 2016, I was I was 19, so I didn't really understand the uh, the enormity of the event, um, and I didn't know how, what it really took to win. Next one came along, COVID, bit of a flop, you know. No one had been playing on the circuit. It was hard to get a gauge of where you are. There was no crowd. It was, yeah, like I said, a bit of a non-event. And then now Paris, I think after the Rugby World Cup, Paris sport is humming. Their sevens teams humming. Their rugby's humming. Um, I think, you know, all, all roads are leading to this big event and the team's probably the strongest team that we've had for a while. So really looking forward to the games at first and then hopefully getting a bit of an environment <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> with a gold medal around your neck. That'd be ideal. I can see why the Rio, 12 days in Rio with John Porch, that would have, mate, two days with him playing rugby would have been enough for me to pack my bags. <laughs> Porch had a good time afterwards. <laughs> he's, he's got a tendency to have a good time, Porchy. Um, now, JT, different road. Um, played for like, what's that club in or West Harbour I think they call it yeah, West Harbour. the Pirates yeah, 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 yeah. so you're playing for them and then you saw the light come he over he had hair then I think <laughs> if you see some we might, might have to get find an old photo and put this up but if you see no, some he did not look good with hair don't do it like that he looks better like that oh, he looks hot without hair <laughs> <laughs> it's a different road that you got come to Norse um, obviously great club environment some good people there meet like some different 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 style of rugby yeah yeah Different good people. Yeah, good people. Some rogue units. Yeah, some rogue units. We're usually playing third grade at number eight. Um, but yeah, look, you came to us um, and really just had a fucking crack of you, didn't you? You, you, you could even, I'm happy for, to let you admit that. I know you pretend like you're humble now, but <laughs> we'll get off the camera and you'll tell us how good you played that year. So yeah, nah, talk I us think, through that. Yeah, I was very lucky in a very good team. Uh, had Maxi Bury set me up for every try, tries every week. So it helped me out a bit, made me look a lot better than I actually was. Um, and then... I was holding pads at tyres for two years, um, and then I saw the light. Like I always wanted to play sevens, like it's Olympic sport. It's a big, it's a big carrot, um, and then all the stars aligned and went went away with them and played in New Zealand, played all right, and then old uh, the Don Johnny Manetti would just wanted me over there, so yeah, put pen to paper and yeah. Now we'll, we'll go back a little bit to that tyres. Um, 
playing at the Tars, and I think a dust has settled on that a little bit. Talk us through the boot selection um, yeah. in your first game against the Blues. So um, they were menace fours. They were about three years old because like, I was playing shoot shield, so I didn't get free boots every every few months. So I was around these pass uh, menaces, um, and like I'd never played at night before, so it gets real dewy. Like it's it's pretty much a wet weather footy, and I didn't know. No one told me. It man. gets dewy. <laughs> and like, in Auckland. I just, yeah, bro. I remember did the warm up, and I was like, oh, this is eats. And then we like you know put our jerseys on, came back out, like slipped, like running onto the field. And I was like, I'll be right, and then I slipped over about. Nine times, <laughs> led three tries in. Uh, bro, I went to the halftime, went to the coach, I'm like, bro, like, what do I do? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm sweet, man. I was like, yeah, you're not going to be middle stars. I was like, yeah, we're wearing them. I was like, oh, f- <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, we could giggle about it now because of where you are now and you're playing Dotsy Sevens, but fuck, I remember watching, I think I might have even been here watching it going, fuck. Bro, there's so many highlights of me just like literally just looking like the biggest, oh, like. You were in good bike. positions as well. Yeah, like I thought I was in gun spot and then I just like, like this, bro. Oh, nice game. There's one where I fall forward. Like I've never seen someone in footy do that, eh? <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty scat, bro. I remember Belly gave me my, uh, Hat and it was the most bittersweet. Like it was like you know usually when someone gets a hat, they're like yeah yeah yeah, and like I was like yeah sweet. Sorry, I lost you guys again. To, to, to your credit, mate, you, you definitely deserve to be there anyway. So we'll, we'll, we'll pump you up. You, did, yeah, you cheers, worked mate. hard over those those two years, and um, yeah, now you, now you are where you are. Yeah. But um, we'll go back back further. Quick question: What what made you kind of start playing rugby? What was your uh, what was the reason you playing rugby? And um, I mean, family. Whatever, yeah. That is going back. I think my dad and his dad, they run played and grew up in a household loving rugby. And I just remember, I remember watching the Wallabies really at the 2003 Rugby World Cup and going, you know, it would have been maybe four or five then, it's one of my earliest memories. And I just remember going so deep into the into the final and that drop goal where Johnny Wilkinson slotted it up. So I remember being heartbroken. <laughs> Haven't been heartbroken since. A <laughs> <laughs> um, few, few broken hearts on the other receiving end, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. But uh, that, I remember that um, kind of golden era of, of Australian sport and, you know, just falling in love then with rugby and then every Saturday morning, since that, for a couple of months, I think I was re-watching the 1999 Rugby World Cup final when Australia beat France, and I just got obsessed with it, and yeah, here we are. Exactly. Um, what about you, JT? Uh, well, I was playing soccer because I grew up in the inner west, obviously. <laughs> um, and then one of the other blokes in the team was playing, uh, his dad was the head coach at Dremont uh, Jetty Reds, shout out. Um, and uh, he just said, oh, does you know, Jimmy want to come play footy next year? And my old man straight away was like, yeah, he's playing, like, sweet. <laughs> and then, like, God. Yeah. Get him out of soccer. Uh, and it was just sick because I'm a bit of a nufty with my feet. Um, <laughs> well, we've just heard the story about that. <laughs> yeah, so it's so, all. Um, and then, yeah, I just, you know, started playing from there and loved it. Loved, loved the boys, loved tackling, loved running. And, yeah, the rest is history. Not really that deep like his, but. <laughs> when, when, guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> when, did you, when did you stop love tackling? Uh, <laughs> did he ever love it? About my second year, about under, under 10. Like, I think one pre-season at West Harbour with some of those boys, so I'd think I don't oh, tackle yeah. as well. <laughs> well. I'd stand on the wing doing nothing, man. I just chirp on the wing. I don't actually tackle. If you look back that time as well, like who's someone that you think, it doesn't have to be Australian, they don't even have to, you know, be a professional. Who's someone you kind of like looked up to in that, you know, like a wallaby or anyone? 
But to be fair, I actually look up to Sean Johnson, eh? Those touch highlights. Yeah, yeah. Like, I always wanted to whack like that, and I never can do it, man. You're still trying? You're still trying. It's easy. I make a look gun against him, though. Because <laughs> I'm slipping all the time. <laughs> what about, um, what about you, Hutch? Um, it's a tough one. Probably, uh, probably... Oh, I'm deep. I'm a deep guy, you know. Matt Gitto, you know, watching him play like he was one of the goats, and he's still doing it. I think he's just come out of retirement, hasn't he, to go play in the MLR? Yeah. Like, super athlete, super professional, and um, yeah, he he was a star for the Wallabies for years. Those like, you know, I've been lucky to meet a few in swoops, obviously at North, but like Swoop, Drew, <laughs> and Gitz. Well, I know they got the podcast together, but if you told me three blokes that like growing up watching, fuck, they were good. They were mm. so good. They were elite players. Bro, I can't believe we didn't. Do more with them if we had more players, but yeah, fuck. Makes you sad, <laughs> doesn't it? I get emotional <laughs> thinking about it. We'll take a break from uh, onside riding um, off their dicks. <laughs> They're gone, man. How did you guys get groomed like uh, into the Sevens program? What was that like? Who made that call to you, and what do you feel like? Um, it started, for me, it started I was playing Shoot Shield for Randwick. Um, yeah. I know some of the boys don't think I, uh, I ever played yeah, Shoot Shield. Three games you played for him. They were the fam. I was actually playing Shoot Shield while Jet was still at school, so <laughs> playing for, and then went off to West Harbour. But um, <laughs> so I was, I was playing there, and I think the time at the time, Garrett John was the coach at uh, at the Sevens, yeah. and he kind of just you know, came up to me and kind of offered me a one-year contract. And that was the year of the 2016 Olympics. Yeah. I thought, well, that'd be a pretty big carrot. You know, I've always watched the Olympics growing up and wanted to somehow get to the Olympics, but I wasn't going to get there for sprinting. Um, that was never going to happen. So it was kind of my only chance. So I did that and then... <laughs> Like you said, I've been there ever since. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been out of league. Yeah, buddy vet. <laughs> Part of the furniture. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, with me, I I think it was, I started playing sevens because it started, like it was obviously a little bit bigger after the Olympics. Yeah. Um, and then I played in like year 12 and that was like, I was like, oh, I think I want to play sevens, eh? Like, there's not that many big horses running at me. Yeah. Um, and then like I sort of West Harbour were quite good at seven. So it was in that like sort of program for a little bit and then never really got picked up. Um, and then, but then I always just like played for New South Wales sevens just yeah. in off season to stay fit. And then, um, yeah, Scotty Bowen literally just texted me one Sunday afternoon. Hey mate, you want to come to NZ? And I was like, yo. Yeah. To be fair to Jet, like he really stuck at it. He, he, was playing 15s and 7s and he kind of kept putting his hand up for 7s and kept performing at New South Wales level and um, you, as you can see now it's really paid dividends but is it true that your first ever World Series was in LA where we became world champions? Yeah honestly I've clutched onto that. So that's the jet effect. <laughs> I, I played like 10 minutes in the last tournament and we got World Series and I carried on like I played the whole season. <laughs> Best party of that night yeah, for well, sure. That oh, that'll be an accolade so you can, doesn't matter it's there. It's yeah, there. I, I got, I got the Fucking middle, man. <laughs> it was a good shoot that one. We were LA World Champs, then we had a week off in Cape Town, and then Cape Town World Cup. So, um, yeah, that was the beginning of the jet. Yeah. Jimmy. Good fun. The jet. I'm not the jet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then well, we, we bring that up, but, I mean, Sevens is such a unique, um, like, I mean, rugby's unique in its own right, but it's such a unique thing in our own sport in terms of that, it's 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 not just one game a day. You're playing multiple games a day, and you go on these trips away to some, and usually some pretty awesome parts of the world. Like, how do you manage that? Like we talked about with the Olympics, but how do you manage your like kind of expectations of a trip where you're like, I mean, I guess at the start, probably not so much now, but at the start you'd be like, oh, I'm going to 
going to LA, like, but I'm actually going to do a job. Like, how's that mindset changed, like, throughout the years and how do you deal with that? I think, like, for me, like, the first time you go somewhere, it's pretty cool. Like, you obviously want to do shit. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> like you go to <laughs> LA, like, yeah, like, oh, like, you go to LA, yeah, I want to go to, like, Venice Beach. And then, like, you go there, you're like, oh, okay, it's just a beach. Yeah. <laughs> and so then the next time you go to LA, like, you're like, oh, let's just play footy now. Let's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's definitely, yeah, uh, a maturing kind of experienced role. Like, the first time you go, like you said, you want to do shit. And you, and you do, you get up to a few things and... Um, the second time you've been there, this, the next generation want to do the same thing. So you can kind of take a back seat and back. Well, I've been to the ice hockey six times. So <laughs> yeah. We need to go again. But it is pretty sick watching like LeBron James like dunk on someone. Yeah. That was that. <laughs> but you were probably you were probably pretty lucky when you were coming up as well because they were pretty. That team in twenty sixteen, they're all fairly old and have been around for a while. Plus, you had people like Cam Clark, who's like pretty switched on and wouldn't be doing yeah, anything. The Prince, <laughs> it was good. Um, yeah, I was in a really different team then. I think I was 18, and the next eldest was Cam. Yeah. The next youngest, sorry, was Cam, who was about 24 at the time. They had a couple of years on me, so it was um, for a while there. Um, it was a very old team. You had the likes of Ed Jenkins, um, Chucky Stunnard, who's now our coach, Pat McCutcheon. Um, Henry Spade came in for a little while um, so it was definitely a mature group um, thought I would have matured quicker but I think it went the other way around <laughs> hanging around those boys um, but yeah it was a different team now and the team's a bit more the age group is definitely a little bit more spread out uh, some younger blokes some older blokes but I think we've got a good mix and yeah do you, I'm sure you see him on tour as well do you, do you see him doing stuff going oh, I made that mistake doing that do you, Plenty. Do, you, do you come out do you ever say anything or do you just let them drink in tap water bro <laughs> get you first time down. in cave town man you brush your teeth and man it's no good eh? <laughs> <laughs> let them go yeah, you gotta make those there's definitely mistakes you've gotta make um some I haven't made I think there was a there was a time in Spain um Derby Lancaster is actually back playing for us in Perth um we had an early flight out um, out of um, Seville to go home and we'd, we'd, we'd come second in the final to the Saffirs and um, it was his debut so we went out that night and um, he got to the airport, it was, let's just say it was a little bit worse for wear, but he left his passport back at the hotel room. So that caused a massive fuck, like, fuck up. We had to like send blokes back to the to his hotel room, go find his passport. He was going through his bag on the on the ground, throwing all his clothes out. Like there's mistakes like that, like I definitely didn't make, but you've got to do them as part of tour. <laughs> and um, we've, we talked about it, but um, John, obviously he's a... Uh, He's an enigma in himself, your coach. He's um, <laughs> the Don. The Don. Such a great bloke. And even in his own right, like what he's done in this, like his development. I mean, he's got his own story, but what he did with Eastwood and now with you guys. What's it What's it like um, having been coached by him? Like, <laughs> It's, it's, it's gun. Yeah. Like, I, he's a very different coach. He's yeah. very straightforward. But like, yeah, he loves the boys. Um, he'll tell you how it is. Um, which is sort of what you need, you know? I feel like we've got some young guys, some older guys, but he like, you know, if you're playing shit, he'll bring you aside, but mate, you're playing shit. <laughs> to, like switch on. And he's like, all right, eh? And I think that he has that good balance between being your mate, but also he's the boss. And, yeah. you know, I think we all respect him. He's a, he's a really good man. Yeah. He loved that, um, 
that little photo you did of him and, and signing hoops when he was looked like a oh, mob yeah, boss. Yeah. I've never seen him get so tired. Sure yeah. 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 He loved it. I'm pretty sure he reposted to his story like 10 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, he was getting it out there. He's good on the socials, actually. He always loves it. He doesn't miss a beat on the socials. <laughs> oh, he, um, I mean, looking forward to um, him with the Olympics, how's he's preparation with you guys is, are you got, is he talking about that or is it kind of like the old school one game at a time one tournament at a time yeah, I think we're sort of we're playing like you know one step at a time you know we've still got like six more tournaments and we want to be firing fully by the time we get to Olympics so yeah we're just taking it step by step I think yeah yeah definitely I think you can get too caught up with the big picture yes we all know it's there and there are definitely um, processes we're putting in place so that when we get there in July we're ready um, but right now our focus is completely on Perth and once Perth is done it'll be Vancouver <laughs> fuck yeah. some tough places to go to right? yeah, yeah. hard. bit cold there question another one for you I guess I mean having Michael Hooper probably arguably one of the great greatest like sevens we've ever had one of the greatest wallabies ever had what's that what's it been like and what's his attitude been around you guys since he's kind of come into that setup because I imagine it's it's a completely different kind of adjustment for him. Yeah, I think he's he's been great. He's definitely taking his time to just learn and assess um, the situation and he definitely respects that it's a different game. But sometimes you forget like, you know, he's one of the greatest Wallabies ever to do it. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's played with some of other greatest rugby players in the world to ever do it as well. Yeah. So he's, his voice is invaluable um, and it's, it's it's a bit weird to adjust that like oh my god like this isn't just some random guy giving a shot like this is Michael Hooper yeah. um, and we just can't wait for him to be fully out there on the pitch with us and um, you know we can just get behind him and he help him as much as he will help us yeah yeah yeah, I'm just waiting for him to get into a pilfered drill with us and just absolutely oh, yeah. smack us. <laughs> like, Still hasn't happened yet. You, you would have met him at the Waratahs, but was there someone in your team that when Hoops, that first training session, did anyone like sort of change to like try and be his best friends? Yeah, Dally Bird. Dally Bird. Dally Bird, Dally Bird. Dally Bird, Dally Bird. Dally Bird. Dally Bird. Dally Bird. name drops him. Right. All the time, I'm like, oh, Hoops the weekend. Yeah. Dally Bird has not stopped name dropping him. Oh, so Hoops, yeah. down at uh, Recovery in Manly. Yeah, yeah, man, Hoops got a coffee. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my. Mate, God. He's, he's all, I always go live in Manly as well. I always say, um, no shoes on, like with the pram. You wouldn't know that that is like, if you didn't know rugby and you told someone that, they go, no way. Doesn't look like, it yeah. looks so unassuming, but he's just, fuck, he's such a legend. Yeah, he is. I think that's very him, like, very understated in the sense that he's not showy at all. He's he, he's just waiting for his time and, and, and you know, you're a silent assassin like you know he's quiet and then he'll come out and he's just going to kill us all so we're really looking forward to it yeah <laughs> kind of kind of <laughs> he'd be he'd be significantly the old would he be the oldest way he'd be I think Moosey as well uh, no I think he's a little bit older than Moose is he I don't know they're both pretty old <laughs> <laughs> I look good, but I'm young. <laughs> You've looked the same for the last ten years. Yeah, no, since I shaved my head. But is there someone on the circuit that um, every time you line up against them, you're like, "Fuck this guy. He's like, he's that good. You just you don't want to play." <laughs> yeah, there's one name. Oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> uh, don't want to give him props. Though. Yeah, no, no, no. He speaks Spanish, so he probably yeah, understands. <laughs> no, his name's Gonzalez. He's the He's a fridge that plays large. Oh, yeah. He's a hard. He's a hard. 
got to tackle man. He's a hard <laughs> yeah. man to tackle it's, that bloke. It's hard, man. you got to throw the kitchen sink at him and sometimes yeah. he still comes second best. I reckon you've got to throw a couple of kitchen sinks yeah, at him. you got to take a, it's like two speed arms. <laughs> you know when you go on the road sometimes they have those triple speed arms? Yeah, yeah. That's what you got to do. One speed arm, two speed arm, three. A lot of sacrificial lambs going on <laughs> yeah. whoever gets them down and then, you know, and when you do get him down, it's like an arm pull. It's like, oh yeah, come on, get him. Yeah. Please, please go <laughs> down. Stop. <laughs> I guess as well as that seven circuit, it's probably hard to adjust that you play against like, I mean, you wouldn't think Spain or would be a powerhouse of like anything to do with rugby, but sevens are so different. You've got these countries that you've, you never thought were going to be good at rugby. And then you're going up against them. Was that coming into it? You go, oh, we're just, we're playing like, you know, we're playing Kenya this, oh, you know, and then the next minute. No, you <laughs> never know that. Scored three quick tries oh, against yeah. you. Kenya um, all six foot four and jacked, man. That's not an easy game. Kenya's not, <laughs> Kenya 9am in Dubai is not an easy game, I tell you. It's not How what you want to do. Did you have an adjustment to that though? That like type of mindset of like, oh, I think when I first came in, like, there was a few more teams. Yeah. So like you sort of go in a game, like, oh, this might be a bit easier. But now like every team can win. So yeah. it's pretty nuts. So you got to take every game with the same. Like it's a, if it's against Spain or NZ or RGs, like you just got to do the same process, I think. What's a team that like, you know, you got, you got obviously you got the Kiwis and all that. What's a team that you like, you line up against, you go, fuck, this is going to be tough no matter when you play them. Like, honestly, like Jet said, it's, it's Almost nearly all of them. I think if you sleep on any of them, you're in for a you're in for a battle. Like we know we're a real, we're a top side, and like if we play well, we can put teams to bed. Um, and there's always going to be the other games that are always tough, no matter how well you play. But if you don't bring your A game to every single game, you're going to be finding you're losing games. Like last season, you saw like Uruguay beating New Zealand. Like that doesn't happen. But the Uruguayan team is good yeah and they're big and they're fast and they're and they're committed and they and they want to win mm. and that's the same when you play spain it's the same when you play kenya yeah. it's tough it's an olympic sport i guess as well that's where more money everyone's putting more money into it more resources to, to get a to get a gold medal um fiji playing fiji how's the <laughs> i mean i love watching them play fiji play 15 sevens I've seen a few offloads go over the top of JT's head a few times. Is, is are they what? Are they the best offloading team, or easily? Yeah, yeah they are. The, the ability to keep the ball alive is unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty uh, annoying, man. To be fair, you feel like you make a gun chop and like this. Yeah, it falls too far, man. Yeah, I struggle. I'm a chop tackle. I don't think I get. It. I don't think I make a tackle that whole game. I just I make half tackles and I get it away. Where's that point? Like, so we you know, obviously we get guys. You prepare every week for a game to play that team. You prepare every week to play that team. How's the lead up to a tournament where you know you've got these three teams? How quickly does your mind, like, how do you adjust to going, oh, we've just made it into the bowl or something or whatever? How do you adjust? How does that go down when you're on the on the circuit? Like, we're playing Spain tomorrow, but we were pl- we didn't know we were playing them. How do you? Yeah, that's, that's one. Of, it's part of the roller coaster. I think whenever a new bloke comes in and you kind of try and teach them about the weekend coming up it really is a physical and emotional roller coaster like physically you're warming up six times you're cooling down six times a week and you're playing different opponents but then yeah depending on how you go your opposition changes so you got to be on the ball you got to switch you'll be able to think of all right we've just played new zealand who are, who are more of a power team you like to slow the game down and, and break through contact break through contacts and now we're playing um gb who who like to just hold the ball and go width to width and try and tie you out. So your ability to know your your opponent is really important, but also to just 
park the last game and move on is key. Yeah, I'm surprised that you don't struggle with that. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> we burst them like, a lot, so I sort of remember them. <laughs> yeah. That is true. But we'll go on outside of rugby. What are your hobbies or what's your, yeah, what do you love to do outside of rugby? Passions. You play golf, don't you? I'm like, yeah, I'm getting pretty into golf in the past six months. Um, I'm terrible but I have my good days which yeah, is yeah. good um, but no I just sort of muzz around eh? like I'm always just pretty mooded from training so if all my days off I just sit on TikTok eh? it's pretty depressing I <laughs> <laughs> uh, try to go to the beach and play golf that's about it eh? yeah nothing to it I'm pretty boring really when I think about it like no no actual real hobbies at the moment um, like pretty mooded after training um, yeah, yeah. You know, this next seven months is just pretty, pretty go um, up until the Olympics. Maybe after the Olympics, I'll, I'll pick something up, yeah. pick up a new hobby. But in case uh, any corporates are watching or listening, oh, yeah. uh, after rugby, like you know, rugby only lasts probably what fifteen years if you're decent at it. What are you looking to get into after rugby? Uh, I've I've done a degree, um, yeah. so I finished my bachelor's degree at UNSW, and again, that's something that. Rupa, um, they they yeah. give all rugby Australian players um, five thousand dollars a year um, oh, just to study or to upskill. Yeah. Um, it's there to be used. So um, you're basically my whole undergraduate degree is paid by Rupa, which is an amazing kind of uh, program that they give all players. So I've done that. So that's finished, and that's kind of in the belt, ready to go and ready to be used if the time is needed. Yeah. Um, uh, Jet. So I asked Eskimos, man. I'm sales rep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know if I'd buy it. I know what I'm selling, man. I've got you. Trust me. You're selling inside plumbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be, you could sell used cars, I reckon. Yeah, real estate. Real estate. You know, I've got it. Would, would, on that as well, would you, would you got that degree? Would, would it be something you want to go do that? Or can you see yourself kind of staying? in a rugby setup, would that be something you'd prefer to do? Yeah, potentially, like by no means so I'm like I've said, all right, I've done that commerce degree, I'm gonna go do something yeah. down the down the avenue of commerce. Um I really do love the sevens program, you never know. Like you see a lot of that um coaches or assistant coaches who are ex players. A lot of the coaches now coaching the national teams are players that I played yeah. when I started and they're at the back end of their career. So yeah. you look at the Saffers coach, the Kiwi coaches Chucky, our coach, like because it is a new sport, the players that did play for a while earlier on when it was kind of amateur moving into professionalism, they got all the knowledge of their camp, they're becoming the head coaches of other nations on the circuit. So maybe yeah. we'll see. No, nothing set in stone. It looks yeah. stressful. See John sometimes <laughs> on Thursday morning. It looks pretty stressed yeah. out. <laughs> it's hard when you're doing that and you've got the you're running the mob on the side like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough, man. <laughs> so, you guys, when you're coming up, what's a lesson for you know young youth coming through the ranks? What's a something some advice to? <laughs> and ask JT that because I know sevens sevens is very like I've got some advice, but you can't put it in there. But back in the like back in the days, sevens was seen as you go into the sevens and you try and get a super rugby contract. Whereas now it's sevens is a totally different game to fifteens, and you could stay in sevens for your whole career and uh, have a good go at it. What do you? What's advice to some of the kids like the mindset of you know not just trying to dabble in sevens to try and get something else, or rather than just staying there. Or some advice? Yeah, I think there'd be about five or six players in this team right now who have worked hard to make Sevens a, a legitimate career option yeah. to stay there full time. Like, 
uh, if, if you want it straight out of school, you can go to four Olympics. Yep. Uh, you can go to four Con Games or whatever it is, four Cups. You can play 60, 70 World, Cup, World Series tournaments and have a full career in yep. sevens. And ideally, we want to make a, a team or a product that is um, attractive to young kids who, who are maybe more suited to the sevens game. So there's definitely a career, career there. There's definitely an avenue there. Some would say that's what I'm doing right now. Um, so I've been yeah. playing for seven, eight years and, yeah. and I've absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. You're probably the first one to actually probably do it, really, when you think about it. There wasn't many people that come straight out of school. I even think, I mean, like, the sevens wasn't even a thing at school, really. It was mm. kind of this new thing that's, I mean, it's going to be crazy to think when you look back in your time and then in 10 years' time when you look what it's come now. Yeah, like like there's no nuts. like sevens Australian schoolboy team or anything for me when I was at school, but yeah. n- and now there is. There's yeah. like, you know, old teammate of ours, Stu Dunbar, just coached the under-18s Australian schoolboy <laughs> team in New Zealand, you know what I mean? He was in a good <laughs> one, one of the great guys. Stu Dunbar. You wouldn't want to get around him around too many rubs. But like, you know, that wasn't there when I was at school. Yeah. Um, you know, my first exposure to sevens really was when I debuted at Cape Town in front of 50,000 people. <laughs> that was legitimately crazy. my, f- I played <laughs> one game at Central Coast sevens yep. and then debuted. So that is, that's been thrown in the deep end. I think now there is, there's pathways, there's New South Wales sevens like Jet was talking about. And even Jet was only two years behind me yeah. at school and there was that program there. So it is developing. And, you know, when I finish my career, wherever I am, I'm, I'm hoping that pathway for sevens players is a little bit more streamlined and vertical so you can see that go step by step by step. Yeah. And if you want to play 10 years, 15 years in sevens, you could. But Fuck, 15 years in sevens. Man. Rob Davies used to say one pre-seasons in sevens is like dog years. It's like seven <laughs> years on the soft tissue. So it's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't even know what the question was. He's rubbing on. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's some advice you'd give to a younger, younger, younger jet if you could again? Younger yes. jet, probably hit the gym, bro. Get off the beers. <laughs> probably be my wisest advice. But um, no, nah, I think uh, just like work on your craft. You know, if, if you're playing fifteens or sevens, doesn't matter. Like yeah. they do correlate. They are different sports, but like if you're a back in fifteens, it's pretty similar. Um, just grind out. Just wait, wait. That's what I did. Just don't lose hope, I guess. And I never did. And now I'm lucky enough to be in the position I am. Nice. Yeah, patience. That's pretty wise. You were wise man, right? That's good for me. <laughs> See, I can switch it on when I want to. Not just all jokes, That's pretty good at look, like working the camera. You'll yeah. probably both the media stuff. I've heard your commentary were pretty good. Yeah. When you did it. Oh, mate. That was a mess. It was Oceania, and we're getting the team list like three the minutes before the games. The and it was like, oh, t- I, oh, I can't even say that. It's like some names you have to say, like, the first name. Oh, my God. Oh, man. One and done. <laughs> Oh, God. All right, boys. Uh, good luck this weekend, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Cheers. Lance. Thanks, ah, welcome back, and uh, we'll finish off with our uh, rugby advice. <laughs> oh, yeah, what a, baby. What a great interview that was. What do you reckon? Yeah, mate. Fantastic, you know, <laughs> and just full credit to the boys. Yeah. Make sure you check out the guys this weekend in Perth, um, but we've got one rugby advice question uh, that was sent in. Well, there was a few, but uh, we'll even them out in the next few weeks. Anyways, uh, hey guys, I've got a rugby predict. Oh, let's take these off first of all. 
so I can read. <laughs> you can't read it the best of times. Today, mate. Hey guys, I've got a rugby predicament and I need some help. I fancied this guy at my rugby club for a while, but he's been in a relationship forever until God answered my prayers and they broke up recently. <laughs> now we've been talking on a friend's level. Oh, we've been talking from a friend's level for the longest, but now I want to shoot my shot since he's on the market. The only thing is <laughs> he's a good church boy and after a good girl. However, respectfully to myself, I've got a body count bigger than Israel's in Gaza. <laughs> I'm scared he will put. He'll be put off by my unholy ways. What should I do? Body count number. Should she tell him his her real number, or just keep it three like most girls? Oh man, yeah. Don't tell him, otherwise he'll just be like, oh, just nah. Yeah. Look. He's, no, or did she say? Should she tell him? Yeah. Well, not if you want to stay with him. Yeah. Well, he's gonna he's gonna find out because I'm. Chances are, if you've got that many bodies, his friends have uh, caught a stray here and there. But um, I'd say just, yeah, don't tell him. When If he finds out, just say, oh, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well. And it'll be too late because if he's a good boy, he's already uh, fallen in love with you. Now it's too late for him to fall out of love. And uh, It's never too late to fall out, but, yeah, good on you, man. Yeah. Like, just, yeah, man, I hope he finds out and he fucking break up. And uh, yeah, secondly, don't, don't say don't say God answered your prayers by you breaking them up, mate. That's uh, that's a devil at work, mate. That's a devil at work. Um, yeah, maybe maybe he'll know when the deed happens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Could be like an empty headlock, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, good luck. Let us know how it goes, and uh, thanks for sending your question in. Uh, shout out to End the Pod. Shout, uh, shout out to um, Ironside. Yeah. By the way, um, look, he's uh, been battling, toiling away there at North preseason. Um, and God, hasn't he let us know? Um, he said, look, guys, it might be looking good. I might be looking at ones this year. Um, I've been training the house down. You know, it, mate, he keeps giving us stats like fucking hell. I've been, you know, top try, top uh, meters, top tackler. Um, really good over the ball he's getting a few good turnovers um i'm proud of him um and not only that the field the um work he's doing off the field at the moment yeah you know especially the waratahs holding it down uh the other day uh, was dave there yeah 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 in the background background oh yeah background background um anyway um so yeah just shout out to ironside today and hopefully hopefully you get uh, into ones and also back to the scram segment um both of you and dave with your communication skills you're from the same nation the same island some would think maybe you would uh, both know but obviously you know there's a pacifica um thing on the waratahs on the weekend uh, which would have been great for you guys to capture instead you after my was just i don't know, i don't even know you just go to scrams yeah, well, yeah. yeah, he didn't say it was the Warriors. He just said Pacifica Day. I assumed it was just Western uh, Pacifica Day. To be purely honest with you, when I read it again, I was like, you are wrong, Fiona. <laughs> well, bleak. But yeah, shout out to Einstein. He did fly the flag. I didn't want to do anything in front of the camera, and he uh, he led the way. I thought I was going to have to cut in, and uh, but no, he led the way, and he sh- he did. Just like you said, he let everyone know. He was calling everyone in his phone book from Waratahs HQ saying, oh, hey, hey, yeah, what do you want? I'm at the Waratahs. And like, oh, you called me, bruv. He's like, no, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm at Waratahs HQ. No, shout yeah, out to you. Uh, God, mate, he, he, he had so many uh, videos to our group chat. Yeah. Him. 
carrying on um, about the yeah. uh, GM there at the Royal Yeah, yeah, he used to be my first 15 coach. You know, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Oh. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, and shout out to uh, Katya who uh, led our tour around uh, Taz HQ. Um, and now Bed and Tuned for 2024. Number one on my liked songs category playlist on Spotify. This is for Invasion Day slash Australia Day. Around here fast is how the grass grows. Uh, we'll see you next week. Oh. Not the best song for Australia. <laughs> Listen to this next line. <laughs> My bad. This is all I square. Stay safe this weekend. We'll see you at the Rugby League 9. Up the Legends team. Ryan Stowers. Uh, yeah, we're going to be. See you next week. Or dead.